living rough, living with Jonathan and Katie. Welcome to living with Jonathan and Katie. I'm Katie French, and I don't have an opening line. <laughs> and my name is Jonathan Serta Raul, and I'm sensually staring at two thick, chubby little croissants. <laughs> Don't call my boobs that. <laughs> <laughs> well, then maybe you shouldn't try to shape them like a croissant. <laughs> they and take dro- those clamps off they your do nipples. Dro- they do droop. Um, welcome to episode, who knows of this podcast. Um, what's going on, you little slut? Slut. Um, we're just enjoying. You have to call me a slut. Okay, slut. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can't. It can't. The di- people won't know our dynamic and they'll think I'm calling you a slut. Well, your real name is Slutkins. Thank you. The first. And your real name is Chicken Slit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's awful. <laughs> We've alienated so many people with our That's fine. Naughty talk. We love aliens. <laughs> um today we are talking about sex sex and sexuality or and yeah, sensuality. And how one maintains it, whether you yeah. choose to abstain from certain sexual acts or you choose to really indulge in them. We were talking about or thinking about sex and sex stories do you have any sex stories god i have so much sex stories i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna go into the like graphic details of like and then i inserted myself (laughs) into his bunions i don't know but um it's for your memoir yeah no but i definitely have been very like sexually reckless in the past i mean there's the famous um i wanted to have sex so bad so i went to like a truck stop in wilmington and i was in basketball shorts and had a kitchen knife in my pocket because i thought (laughs) oh i could be murdered in here but it's like but i also could not be murdered and was he like is that a kitchen knife in your pocket or (laughs) you're just having to see me and then i sliced him no what how i need to know how did they fit how did you carry transport it in your loose bag basketball shorts oh it was in your waistband by the end of the um interaction i had to carefully put on my shorts again and then when i got back into my car i saw that it had like poked through the lining of the shorts so you couldn't see it on the outside but the blade was legit just open blading inside the the lining of the short because you know those shorts are made of like mesh a lot but how did you tuck it in like what was the physicality of it i just put it in the pocket Oh, it had a pocket. Got it. My basketball shirts had a pocket. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah That yeah, makes yeah. sense. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, No, male clothes usually yeah. have pockets. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Is it? Do you find it very sexist that w- women's clothes just don't have pockets? Like, honey, you're not carrying anything. No, it's like we don't have money. So <laughs> you guys need the money. You need large pockets for your deep coin. Here you go, daddy. <laughs> like just... <laughs> What about uh, you? What about what are your stories? I don't have stories? any. Honestly, I I don't. I'm not like a. I'm not a little sex slut. Um, I am also pure, but. Uh, no, but I was thinking about being single because we talk about this in this episode and like the joys of being single, the mm-hmm. shenanigans. And uh, I feel like I I enjoyed singleness, but I was never good at like being like sassy single girl. Mm-hmm. So one time my friend who was is very like glamorous, shout out to Alina. Um, she told me, she was like, oh yeah, when I, when I was single, what you do is you just get really dressed up and you go to a hotel lobby, mm-hmm. just order a drink, just sit there and like a dude will buy you dinner. Like you'll get a steak, you'll get something from <laughs> some dude. Like that was like her little, for my steak, her little hustle. Yeah. That's crazy. And I was like, I mean, I eat steak like twice a year. I would love this like new lifestyle. So one time she'd always told me that and I was like, yeah, sometime I need to just go to a bar alone and just sit. And, uh, one time after a show, I was like, I don't want to go home. So I had my friend drop me off at, um, the, there's an Italian spot in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And now Alina, my friend had told me, you know, you need to go to like a glamorous restaurant mm-hmm. or like a hotel <laughs> bar. And I was like local pizza joint. <laughs> I was also in like my Chuck Taylors, which you love. 
and probably like a baggy like oh, sweater. God, Katie, these are all bad choices. So I went to the bar and I went and sat there. And then sure enough, a gentleman to my right, who is an elderly gentleman, <laughs> who, who was obviously like a regular there. He just was like posted up. So he starts chatting me up. And I was like, uh, you know, just kind of being like half polite or whatever. And he's just like trying to get in little like flirty digs. And mind you, he's like in his like late 60s and I am like 28 or something. And that's fine. But he offers, he's like, he's like, I'll buy you another glass of wine. I'm like, yes, honey. I'm like, she loves a house. I love a house white. What can I say? I'm so bougie. Um, That's what I call you when you're in your house. Yes. This is my house white. Uh, and so he keeps talking to me and flirting with me. And I was like, I w- did I want the house white? Yes. But I didn't want his like vibes. So he kept trying to flirt with me. And then uh, I just kept like clapping back with like stuff that was not very romantic. Mm-hmm. So he had told me that his wife had died. And uh, and then he would be like, yeah, so like, what's your situation? And I'd be like, was it sad when your wife died? <laughs> like, Oh, my like, God. <laughs> And then he was like, oh, I have a son who's your age. And I was like, oh, yeah, is he a single? Because that would be more perfect. Like, I was just kind of whatever. But he loved it. He thought I was like a real riot, a real oh little pop rocket. And Did he say, you're a pistol? Did yeah, he say it that? Was something like that. But then he kept talking to me more and more. Like, maybe we have like a second glass of wine, third. And then he's like, uh, now, can I ask you, are you, are you a lesbian? And I was like, why? And he's like, well, he goes, he literally, he goes, I know there's a lot of lesbians in this area. And the way you're dressed. And oh I was like, I, lo- I was like, no, but thank you so much. And uh, also what an accomplishment to be a 60 year old man and still not have figured out how to talk to a woman. Right. Just. Truly, truly. Also a very butch woman. Um, as yes. we know, my, my butch alter ego is cat. And cat like, was really out that night. He needs you in six inch heels and a sundress in order for you to like, like penis. Is that <laughs> what that, is that the logic? To be a full, well, you know, ladies yeah. of his era yeah. after he got back from world war two. Um, Girl, he hasn't no, seen actually, Carol. He, was, he hasn't he, seen the movie Carol. They're in pumps and dresses and they're, but they're real. But yeah. yeah. Um, so he just kept telling me he was like, his wife's uh his first wife was dead, then he was like dating this and other woman, mm-hmm. but she was this, that, and the other. And uh so then he was like, you know what? Let's uh he's like, what what do you say we take this to another place? And he kept telling me oh. how he was a regular at the public house um on Vermont. Don't brag about that. Exactly. But he was like, Hey, I know the owner, I go there all the time, the girls they love me, like the host girls, and he's like, Let's just take this down. And I was like, dude, I don't know. But he did, he had paid for my whole meal. <sighs> and I was like, you know what? We're in deep. Let's just see how this ends. So you walked with him? So I did walk with him over there. From where? Cheech's pizza to public. No, house? To, um what's the Italian place? It's kind of expensive. it's across from House of Pies. Got it. I know exactly. Well, where I forget it is. what yeah, it's yeah. called. Palermo. Uh, uh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we went from there at public house, which like down the block yeah. and we walked in and he's like trying to like big time and be like, Oh, I was just telling her these like the hostesses were there. He's like, these are my girls, Ashley. Like they love me. And the little, the girls were looking at the, him like they did not know him. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, I was really just there just to watch what was happening. And yes, I was getting more drunk. And then he was like convincing me to buy a condo because he was a real estate agent giving me his card. And, um, and, but then by the end of the night, I really did make him cry because he kept talking about, uh, how, he dated all these women since his wife had died and then how sometimes he'll go out like and see a young woman and you know, he'll buy buy her drinks, but then he will make sure she gets home safe. And I was like that. It was a lot of like that. Jesus Christ. So then really by the end, Oh, you're such a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. So really by the end, I really did say I was truly like, so back to your wife's death. What was it like on the day she died? Like walk me through that. And he did cry Mm. and you won. 
and I won totally and then I was like I'm gonna go and he's like oh come on like come on Kay like I'm I'm older than you you should stay out and I was like I'm done but thank you for your card and he's like well if you ever need a condo I mean just let me know I was like well can I have your dead wife's condo because anyway so I wow you really it was it was really not cold witch and this is why I love you I know (laughs) it was really like the least sex in the city moment it was kind of a disaster but it, it was very of, funny you know what it's a very miranda sex in the city yes moment. very much she would definitely bring up someone's dead wife to get <laughs> them to stop talking to her i did because every time he kept trying to be too familiar that's ice cold Do you want to hear something that's more cold yeah one of my earliest hookups i must have been 18 or 19 still living with my parents and i had invited this man over to fuck and he was like a, a bigger guy but were your like parents bigger. on vacation um no they were at work because it was before they both retired so i must have been honestly 17 because my dad retired right when i was 17 so i was still in high school then um so he like sits down in our living room and you know you've been to my living room there's literally pictures all over the walls there's pictures of family from mexico from the early 1900s late 1800s like like full it's on. just like full family not very sexy not yeah. like a so he sits down he takes off his pants and it was very small and i savagely the said the pants were <laughs> tiny but also then so was the dick but he wasn't hard yet and so he was like um you, oh no i was like um i hate to say this but i thought it would be bigger that's what i told him and he goes it gets bigger it's not hard and i said you know what i I don't know if I fully believe that. So oh I'm going to just, I, 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 I thought it was going to be bigger. So I think I'm going to just like, um, I think this is it. Just and pass. Yeah. Like hard pass uh, or oh soft God. pass. And he was and, like naked in your room. Um, no, no, no. He was in the living room with no pants on. Oh my God. And so then he goes, okay. And uh, he takes, he pulls up his pants. He walks out. It's very embarrassing. And then he gets into his huge truck and drives away. So he yeah. drove a lifted truck. He drove a huge, oh, huge truck, truck with huge tires and everything. So the stereotype was true. It that was a big truck was, and least, yeah. a small piece. And I'm sure it did get bigger, but it was it was the size small that it was like, yes, penises grow, but I don't I don't even have faith in how much it's gonna grow from this size to you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was of course savage and full of uh, you know, demons. So <laughs> I was just kind of like thought it would be bigger. You should kill yourself. I didn't say you should kill yourself, but I then then he just drove away. Um so that was probably more savage, I think, that than is what you did. So savage, yeah. truly. he didn't respond he was just like, Okay. Yeah. Because he was embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. So I do regret that, but also that is so vicious. I shouldn't have to have sex with someone I don't want to, but I could have made up literally anything yeah. else. I could have made up any other lie. Just be like, I just got diarrhea. <laughs> as I soon as I saw it. I just got diarrhea. <laughs> but what's crazy is he had taken off his pants first and I was fully clothed. And so it's like, it's very embarrassing for him because it's like, he's fully naked he has to give it I'm, back on yeah what a power move i know i was already like a young business professional at the i age love of it that's i that's how i want to be an executive <laughs> putting in all casting sessions i should have said, thought it would be bigger <laughs> thought it would be bigger <laughs> sorry well i think it's time for us to get into our guest uh today on the show we have sarah bacon who is a writer author blogger entrepreneur, fashionista, glitter enthusiast, and a good friend of mine who has an interesting backstory related to sex and sexuality. So please welcome Sarah Bacon. Yay! Yay. 
Hi, guys. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So glad to be here. How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling cozy. I'm feeling yeah. warm. And yeah, I'm really liking your new place. So I love it. Yeah, this is your first. You're just, Katie's just showing off her new place to all her friends and just the, I mean, just extravagant. We're so happy for you. I live yes. a goop lifestyle now and I'm not going to be mad about it. Like you've been <laughs> so it. frugal for so long where, and you've saved a lot of money where yeah. I was just like, you need to get, you deserve, you deserve to buy it. yourself yeah. something. To and get I bought this apartment building. Thank yeah. you so much. Um, I, uh, I'm very happy to have Sarah on the podcast. We met, um, we worked together and I was telling Jonathan that, when I first met you, I felt like um, like we were in some weird like old timey movie where like a blonde and a brunette like switch bodies <laughs> because you're a brunette. I'm blonde, but our personalities are like I'm a brunette and you are. A blonde. <laughs> That's a great way. Truly, because yeah. when I met you, you're like bubbly. You love sequins and sparkles. You're literally always <laughs> smiling, always laughing. Oh, and I was like, who is this bitch <laughs> with her fucking joy? And bullshit. Um, and Katie's there with her dead blue yeah, eyes. Yeah, dead. Dark, just all in black <laughs> staring. Um, and now you're like one of my favorite people. So it's been a very exciting thing to know you. And uh, it's been a couple years now. It's funny how, well, many years. Yeah, actually. Like over seven or yeah. something. And how this is also other people that we worked with too where we started out so opposite and then yeah. it's one of the things we're like I would probably never be friends with her or she would never like yeah. me and then like the more we got to know each other we realized we actually had a lot of crossover similarities I mean mostly just through our love of NSYNC and boy yeah. bands but then it grew from there yeah and so now guys we're like you friends. can build bridges across hair colors okay <laughs> and I've always said that it's so weird especially because you uh, you Katie have always done a job that I felt like you had to be more professional than like my jobs, mm -hmm. for, you know? And I just feel like that type of stuff just kind of like it can squash friendships because you don't know the other person. The real person. You, you don't really know the other person. Yeah. When did we first let our guard down around each other? We were probably like, drunk, so. Shamrock <laughs> or something. Yeah, or like a, a restaurant, yeah. Something. Mm -hmm. But um, I have always liked Sarah. Well, learned to love Sarah. Um, <laughs> that sounds so shady. <laughs> That's so bitchy. <laughs> Took me a no. long time, but no, I finally no. came around. But to be fair, you've yeah. also learned to love me. Yeah, so. that's true. That's very true. So yeah. I'm learning to be human. That's yeah. actually. Oh, I know thing. that I'm not easily lovable always right at first. No, so. I, I actually really adore you. And that's why we have you on the podcast today, because you have an interesting um, kind of story, I guess I would say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to just get into it up top. Sarah's a legal virgin. And this is, I'm sure, the way she wanted to start this. Uh -huh. But uh, not sharing this podcast with my mom or yeah. dad or any not family promoting members. at all. No. And legal version means she's recognized by the state. Yes, right? correct. <laughs> she's yeah. certified. I have a certificate. Yeah, yeah she has the sticker on her license. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what I really love about you is that you uh, you grew up Christian, which we'll get into, mm -hmm. and therefore, you know, hence beliefs of our own virginity and stuff but um you are a single person who writes about being single and talks about especially for women like what it means to be single in your 30s mm -hmm. and changing a lot of like social expectations whether or not you were raised in the church I think we all feel those pressures mm -hmm. uh so I just really enjoy your work and your writing lately about those topics thanks um and you know, sexually, Jonathan and I are very different. Um, yes, we range a broad spectrum. At I was saying we're like Goldilocks because I'm like you've had none, he's had all. I'm a I've legal had a slut. Little. Yeah, you're a legal. Yes, slut. yeah, I have my certificate yeah. from the in Church of Satan. In all fifty yeah. states. Um, yeah, so we have different experiences there, yeah. but uh, and you're basically, I feel like you're sex 
sexual histories like Rory Gilmore, like from Gilmore Girls. I don't know that oh. reference. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Doesn't what is matter. she? You know what? We're going to cut it out. No. Does she only have sex we, with academics? No, no, no. no. <laughs> she she had, it's mostly like relationships. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know yes. I mean? I've been a, yeah. yes, true. I've been a very serial monogamous yes. in yeah, and out. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Sarah also, and I have a lot of common because we have just, I don't know, we've been kind of single girls in the city sometimes yeah. <laughs> and living our lives you know we're we are the living embodiment of a lot of like mug mantras mm-hmm. it's just a lot of like stay queen stay yeah. stay fierce queen yeah. and <laughs> and what's the is. what's the one you have right now which is home is where them fuckers ain't oh, that's yeah. my favorite mantra that's my uh mm-hmm. new print you guys check it on on etsy um but yeah, so yeah. welcome sarah thank officially. you um thank you so much for coming and for talking about this yes that's Absolutely. Yeah. Katie and I had a little pre-chat about it because I was like, I don't know how to necessarily like paint a picture of my sexuality or like explain that. But I also I I think it's really important and it's actually been like a really good journey for me to kind of separate just what I grew up believing in the church to what do I actually think about my sexuality and learning to have confidence in owning that and finding that in my own way. And so, yeah. yeah. What um, can you tell us about kind of your upbringing and like thoughts around sex? Yeah. What that was like. So as you said, grew up in the church, grew up in like youth group and all that, the whole purity culture, purity ring movement situation. Now, does that, can you, I've always mm-hmm. been curious. Mm-hmm. They have you like sign a pledge. Like what does that involve? I didn't sign a pledge or okay. do anything like that. They just would talk about it. Um, my dad did give me a purity ring. I'm mm-hmm. actually, I still wear it, but I never wore it. Well, how like, how I, old were you when you gave I was 15. Okay. Um, so it was like 15th birthday. Did and, that feel uncomfortable? Just um, because anytime parents talk about sexuality, to me, it's very uncomfortable. It was. It was. I mean, but also, like, I think at the time I did appreciate what he was trying to say, which mm-hmm. was kind of like, this is something to be valued. And like my parents, we'd had talks, of, you know, obviously about sex before then when I was younger. And so it wasn't kind of like, I hope you wait and blah, blah. I don't know. It yeah. just like it wasn't as creepy as maybe it could sound like it was. But looking back, it still, I think, is a sort of an interesting concept. Um, but it was a decision that I had you know, made for myself and felt it was important. But then I just think like there's so many semantic, like I think the problem with that sometimes in the church is like, it's very, this kind of like black and white, like don't do this, don't do that. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you're expected to like save that till you're married, which who knows when that's going to be. So it's kind of like shutting down a side of yourself that isn't allowed to be expressed in any way or not. really interesting. Explained how else it can be expressed because I don't just think sexuality is just something that you experience like having sex with another person there's so many layers to it and so um and then too like so to me what that looked like was okay we'll basically do everything up to the line and then Mm -hmm. don't do that so that's why when you say legal version (laughs) like I had qualms about using that word just because I've shifted what I think around that and I think there's so much like weight that gets put on it and it's such a I don't know. It can be so damaging for, especially for Christians where that's like, it becomes your most important worth. Like mm. I think you're like, problem, exactly. And the problem is that you, you are like most worthy when you are a virgin. That's like right. this gift that you give your husband, or your partner someday. And then it's like, if you're not, you're kind of this damaged goods, like broken. Like that's the message that we're given rather than like, let's evaluate why, you know, it's valuable to like, honor your body and your sexuality and other people's sexuality also of course it's always put more on women than on men like that somehow just a quick sidebar I literally had I dated a guy in college who um and mind you I had not had sex but I'd been I had done you know plenty of other stuff exploring he hadn't done as much physically and it was like very important to him to marry a virgin and like to have that like very pureness going into marriage which 
there's all kinds of reasons why I believe that that was. And at one point he, it was this constant conversation we had to have about like me apologizing for stuff, which I'm mm. like, this is so unnecessary. Like it's, I, it was just so painful because it was like, seriously, like I didn't know you. This was a past thing. Like he, he tried to like talk me out of saying that I had ever even loved my like high school boyfriend. Oh, wow. oh and he's so having you do apologize for things that I, after the fact, yes. yeah. after went before you even met. Oh yeah. I was in high school and now this was college. That was wild. At, wow. Okay. So yeah. the statement he made one time, which I will never forget was he was like, I just feel like it would be, it's more common for guys to be the one that were like the wild ones and who like partied or did stuff in in high school and so the basically saying that like girls are supposed to be pure and like the fact that like you it was harder for him that I was a female and did that but like it's more forgivable if that had been a guy's story and looking back like if I had the knowledge of things that I had now oh man that conversation would have gone so differently because I would have been like are you actually serious right now that that is what you're trying to tell me that somehow because I'm a female it's more unacceptable that I happened to like and I didn't party in high like I was like super straight edge um followed all the rules anyways so I just was was he like like, how dare you sip another man's latte like no I don't know that does sound like a sexual innuendo (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, sorry that didn't come out we'll cut that Um, no keeping it in yeah honestly so yeah yeah, so that was kind of and then it was just like but then yeah there with that comes like the guilt and shame then following any like sexual experiences Mm -hmm. of kind of like oh I shouldn't have done that and and that can just be, it's just exhausting. And it's like, that's, I don't think that that's how we're meant to live. And then as I've gotten older, I think I've separated myself. I've, it's not so much just like, what does God say about this or the Bible or church or whatever? It's just like, I know what feels good or right for me and what comes out of those encounters or experiences after the fact. And so then I've kind of just like, yeah, that's how I more model my sexual I don't know. Yeah. Like sexuality Code now. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, did you have shame about sex growing up? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I did. I, I did go to like a Christian school, oh, like really? a, a Pentecostal Christian school. Oh, so wow. definitely during that time, mm-hmm. I definitely had uh, shame about like my own sexuality. And I definitely had this moment where I was like, I, I wasn't really as concerned with being a virgin as much as like, I was like, well, if you're not going to be a virgin, at least uh, be straight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it was like, if you're going to be impure either way, but the like lesser evil is to like, my goal was like, oh, force yourself to have sex with a girl, mm, you know, which yeah. did not happen during the Christian school era because yeah. I was too young. But, <laughs> but that also brings me to another thought about you growing up in the church and how virginity is tied to your spiritual purity mm-hmm. when spirituality is so much, so much more deeper than just sexuality yeah, actually, yeah and how absolutely. has that changed for you uh from from you know your youth like as a as a adolescent to now mm-hmm. in terms of how you view your spiritual purity oh, that's a really good question I I just feel like it's all connected and so to me it's less of like a separation like I think the way that we connect with other people is a form of like sensuality maybe is a better way to mm-hmm. than like sexuality because I think people just think of sex but it's like just our sensual experiences in life and like even like how we enjoy ourselves and the pleasure that we experience in food and in travel and and stuff like that and so um I just think of like my spirituality as every it just encompasses everything and my relationships with people and my relationship to my body and so for me it's just how I like honor my body and then um 
yeah. And sometimes that looks like enjoying the connection with another person. And other times that looks like, no, I don't want to give this part of myself to someone who I either don't know very well or who not like hasn't earned that intimacy. But to Mm -hmm. me, it's just, it's such an intimate thing that it's hard for me to separate out like the physical and the emotional a lot of times, unless alcohol is involved, which is another story. Yeah. Um, I've learned the hard way, um, but yeah. We all so. have. And okay. <laughs> Wow. I do not I like it when it. you talk about my past. <laughs> How could you do those things before you met me? <laughs> he did meth without me. <laughs> um, no, I think you brought up an interesting point too, which is like, the what the view of sex is that's Mm -hmm. actually something that i have a problem with like in our society is like because growing up especially i think things like you know the cultural dialogues are changing but especially Mm -hmm. for girls of our age it was like the only sex talk you ever got was probably um about like birth control or like not getting pregnant Mm -hmm. like my mom's telling me about that she also worked in a low-income like women's clinic so she Mm -hmm. saw like the craziest of everything but uh but all she told me about sex, like sex was terrifying to me because it was like, you you will get pregnant yes. and you will die. Yeah. And I will not raise that child. So get out of my house now. Yeah. Like basically. Um, like fear tactics. And, and like, mm. and it was very like, even now, especially for young kids, like it's like porn sex. You know what I mean? Mm. Just like getting pumped and like yeah. all that stuff where it's like, that's not, that is not real sex at all. And like sex can be so like intimate, but also there's mm. things where it's like, you can have sex with somebody and have like no intimacy and mm. then you can like have somebody like rub your neck and you're like, wow, mm-hmm. I think we're spiritually bonded now. <laughs> like, Honestly, truly. that is something that is 100% true. What you just said about mm-hmm. that not being real sex. It is a fantasy. I am fascinated by listening to podcasts with porn performers, mm-hmm. straight females, straight males, mm-hmm. gay males, whatever type of porn performer. They all say that they all say how we have sex on camera is not how we enjoy sex when mm-hmm. we're actually having sex, mm-hmm. we are performing. So yeah. the positions we're in, the ty- the style, the like speed, mm-hmm. that is only meant for you as the viewer's benefit. It's yeah. not it's not like what we're enjoying on the male side or the female side necessarily yeah. because mm-hmm. it's not um it it truly is not real. You're it's a performance. It's a perf- yeah. it truly is a performance. So that is something that is interesting, but it also makes me, is a kind of question for both of you as females, did you first view sex as violent or was that not in your mind? That's an interesting thing for me. I felt like, um, I've never been into porn, never like porn always looks to me like a nightmare or a crime. Mm-hmm. Truly, truly. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, Oh, <laughs> do you want to just get like pumped twice? But so I think for me actually, yeah, early on all, all my thoughts around sex were, were fear. And also once you start to mature as a woman, like go through puberty to me, like sex, my sexuality has always been a liability, Mm. like wearing tight Mm -hmm. clothes, all that stuff. Like I, I've actually always dressed modest a lot of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never felt comfortable, like being very feminine. It's kind of changing now as the older Mm -hmm. I get, but for a long time, it's like, I always dress like a dude. And then in stand up, I like masculinize myself too, because anything that's too revealing or whatever it's like it's very distracting and also i mean all women have had like catcalling experiences but like really and i don't mean this to be like conceited or something but like when i walk into like a grocery store and i'm like dolled up in like i see i'm going to a party and mm-hmm. i'm in heels and like full face or whatever mm-hmm. the amount of attention i get is so uncomfortable from men mm-hmm. and it's like I don't know. I know some people would be like, what are you talking about? Like, and mm-hmm. some women feed off that. They mm-hmm. love it. They like pur- purposely kind of do that. Mm-hmm. To me, that's always felt very threatening because male attention you're raised is like, also the media aside from sex, half of entertainment television is crime shows about white women getting murdered. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you're just truly, constantly thinking about like, it. You, you were a dumb college slut. Mm-hmm. You were an older college slut. Like mm-hmm. whatever you were. Um, so the media messaging about it is just like to me. I've always just been like, please don't see me as a, a female being because that feels scary. Because you probably will get raped at some point. <laughs> yeah, like, right. that's what your crime tells you. <laughs> yeah, truly. It's always mm-hmm. just like it's not. Some I read somewhere that they were like, oh, you always feel like um, it's not an if, it's a when mm-hmm. it'll happen, and mm-hmm. that. And you fucks feel you up it, a lot. these messages. I mean, people have legit said, oh, she was asking for it or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These messages, even subliminally on these TV shows, do send a message that like. You as a woman, you're stoking these fires. So right. you're playing with fire by dressing that way, by putting on makeup. And it's like, no, it yeah. should not. That should not be the message. It shouldn't be like that. But yeah. Because a- then that's how you get the victim self sure. self blaming themselves, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, then it gets tied to. So to go back and answer your question, yeah. I actually do. I actually do feel like I was raised with a pretty healthy view of sexuality. Like I remember when my parents first explained it to me, which was a neighbor had told me what it was when I was in like second grade. So my parents were like, okay, here we go. We were not planning on having this conversation for a couple years at least or something. But they, you know, told me like, it's when you love someone and like, it's a beautiful thing. So that was helpful. And I think I've had like somewhat of a healthy view of sexuality, but then yeah, the messages we get from society, I, I like, I have a lot of thoughts about porn just because I think that it is so damaging to so many relationships and sexuality and to women of like just the, and like you I would say hetero people yeah, specifically maybe. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, I I've heard on all sides of like yeah. how it can affect and I'm not yeah. maybe condemning all of it necessarily. I just, from the studies and the research I've yeah. done on it or like I've heard about it, it's just that like you, you just admitted like it's not even real life that we're yeah. watching. So when that's how people are learning about mm-hmm. it and so from the mouths of the performers, exactly, yeah. it's like, that's what they're trying to create this false thing um, to feed into a specific what they think is like fantasy of certain people yeah. specifically or what you typ- find sexy males like, yeah. like straight male yeah. Like, yeah and so then I think the pressure of like knowing what happens in porn like same it's not I'm not like I've obviously seen it but I'm not like a fan of it it does make it just does not give me a good feeling and then to know that like it just puts stuff in your mind of like I have to perform this way or like guys want this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they do because that's what they learn from that. And yeah, it's like, it's I, like a template for the male brain to yeah. like form their sexuality. And then for us, it's like, okay, so I'm supposed to have like a, a fit a body fishnet yeah. suit <laughs> with like mm-hmm. fake eyelashes. Like I, right. it's like a weird, it's just, yeah. It's all fake. Yeah. And one of my absolute dreams is to like turn our, the sex education on its head in this country mm-hmm. and like just approach it in such a different way. Like you said, like just explaining what it, like what actually goes into it and like how to experience pleasure and like, I don't know I just think that or that it's okay for both sides to feel pleasure because so often <laughs> yes. like yes. oh so you're happy great we're are we done like right. no right. like that is not and I just think that there's so much yeah and even like so then to circle back to what you just said I think that it's so interesting and obviously I've heard that from other women about feeling the need to like downplay their their femininity or their mm-hmm. sexuality or whatever because of the negative attention it can draw or being aware of like even for you it's like you don't want to take away from your talent or your comedy when you're on stage and have mm-hmm. people be and we see that with like amazing actresses and singers and it's like all people can comment on is what they're wearing yeah. or their plastic surgery or whatever which is and why we're loving Billie Eilish because she wears she, she a does blanket every oh day. oh I love it and <laughs> she just did this um Vanity Fair like it's like a third video in a row where they did like her in 2016 2017 mm-hmm. 2018 and so she um or 17 18 19 um so in this recent one she just 
as the years went on, she was more and more covered up the more famous she got. Oh. And in the most recent one, she is like in a, it looks <laughs> like, like a, a puff. No, it looks like a puffer sleeping bag that, which is that material is really hot right now in fashion, like puffer material, uh-huh. but it literally looks like her collar. It's made out of like the snow puffer jacket uh-huh. type of material. It like, formed like a wall around her face. <laughs> like she has to like pull it down to answer questions. And I was like, that is, hilarious and i love that oh my god like obviously i don't want women to all be covered right, up but yeah. i do love the irony of her and i'm sure it was intentional where mm-hmm. she's like i know people are criticizing like why do i dress this way she's mm-hmm. like here's a wall that i'm yeah, gonna put up i'm yeah. literally gonna do it yeah and i love people wearing whatever the fuck they want to wear yeah. um but I, I mean i think that that's great too but i also think sometimes like then we've gone so far in the opposite direction that i sometimes when i like want to wear a low-cut top or like enjoy my sexuality I feel then there's this conflict of like oh am I just doing that to get attention or that's not it like I actually really sometimes I'm like I just feel really pretty or I feel really hot in this outfit or whatever it might be and so I wish that women could like embrace that part of themselves without feeling this threat from society of like you should be able to go dolled up into a grocery store and like not have to deal with looks for men or whatever or like be able to brush that aside but unfortunately yeah it's tough you know what's so interesting is that actually reminds me that was a very big reason that I loved gay men and started going to gay clubs mm. because mm-hmm. it was the only place I could quote slut it up <laughs> and, and it feels way more not safe. and feel so it was weird because they don't care at all mm-hmm. and they won't even uh, some drag queens will comment but most of them are like you can't even get a drink at a gay bar yeah. even if you're like in your like leopard slut they're like mm. Mm, don't yeah. care uh so which I don't like that 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 is kind of like gay misogyny though which you actually see at a lot of gay bars and actually the more sexual the gay bar is Mm. um, because there are gay bars that are pretty much they don't they can't legally say it but it is meant for men and if Mm -hmm. a woman is there you will get dirty looks you'll get be get you'll be treated Mm -hmm. hostile because it is like very ignored yeah no 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 hostile like if you go to the eagle Mm -hmm. or the or like a fault line on like in a on a bear night or something Mm -hmm. You can. I don't know what any of those things mean. They're local gay clubs. Okay. Like local gay clubs where it's yeah. like, yeah. So mm-hmm. you, you, I have seen um, women legit been like shoved, not like in a hard way, mm-hmm. but like obviously like you could have turned to the mm-hmm. side when, but you know, just going okay. right through them yeah. to make them feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's the logic behind it for gay misogynists are, um, this is a space for gay men to be like sexually free. So why should a woman be there but it's like no but you can't even though it's a gay bar you can't say like oh women can't come in black people can't come in you can't like make you you can't discriminate i actually love when they mistreat me it really (laughs) is why i go he's like i (laughs) I don't i really don't like that because here's the thing the queer community is more than just men so this could be whether it's a straight woman or a queer woman they have a right to be here. Yeah. 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 So it's more than just men. And that's a huge complaint um, from the female um, identifying part of the queer community is that everything is only for men. Mm. And when they want to participate, um, e- even if it's a, something as innocuous as a drag night, if they mm-hmm. decide to go to a leather bar, which is inherently more sexual, um, they 
have not been welcomed, you know? Mm. So now you're finding more bars that are opening up, like the Bang Bang Room in downtown, run by queer women for queer women. And so they took over a gay bar. They bought Uh it out. And this is how deep gay misogyny can run. They said that they had all the, like, barbacks and bartenders. They offered most of them their jobs. Like, oh, stay on with with us, Mm -hmm. right? They wanted, those guys wanted to work in a gay male space, so most of them quit except for two. And I was like, you would rather quit your job (laughs) and go find (laughs) another job like those jobs as a bartender, yeah. they're competitive mm-hmm. just because it was a queer woman open. So I don't know. Wow. I just feel yeah. like the misogyny mm-hmm. in the gay world can still extend. It's just not sexually based, right, but right, it right. is gender based. Yeah. You know, but I have, so obviously I'm not condoning like hostile behavior, but yeah. also I have heard how like, I, I can see how it'd be frustrating from like a gay male perspective of how sometimes straight women do like to come in and like kind of not like invade cap- your space, invade the space. <laughs> and like the, the, it's like the, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of like stereotypical like bachelorette party like oh yeah. we want to be with sure. our gay and like yeah. almost um I can't think like of the fetishes. word or it's like yeah. you guys you we you know there's always the mm-hmm. thing of like we use you as like pets we're like oh you're also cute and like da 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 you know like that sure but yeah. I do Which think for cool. gay men you need to take that as an individual basis not mm-hmm. as a general mm-hmm. so you can't assume if you see Katie in a bar oh my god she's invading my space it's mm-hmm. like no if if a bachelorette party mm-hmm. is invading your space then deal individual. with that when uh-huh. it is but and also as <laughs> unless you're a lot of times it's just not your place as like a customer to deal with another <laughs> customers if they're really creating mm-hmm. trouble then i think it should be the, the bar i don't yeah. think it should be yeah. you know um so i i under i understand although straight men are really going to gay bars to try to hit on women so i am very oh much for <laughs> this i am very much for gay men hitting on the straight men because you are in a gay space so, we yeah. are assuming that you're gay if you're mm-hmm. male there yeah. um because they shouldn't feel comfortable enough to go because <laughs> i mean why some women go is to not only spend time with their yeah. gay friends mm-hmm. but to maybe not be hit on exactly. you know? like i said like that was uh, it was a really big deal like when i started going because it was the first place i could dress any way i wanted mm. to like low cut whatever and it was like if it was acknowledged it was like celebrated by some you know drag queen just being like mm-hmm. yes yes yeah. bitch or whatever mm-hmm. but it's truly even to this day it's still the only place i feel the most comfortable to just i don't have to think about mm-hmm. my like how i'm coming off or how people are perceiving me i can just wear what i want do what i want and and there's not even like the lack of there's the lack of competition with other women too like i just think i yeah some of my safest best relationships are with my gay guy friends like Jonathan and Garrett like and they'll compliment like specific body parts yeah. of me and I'm just like wow thank you that means so much because <laughs> I know it's just like and they're like we don't mean it in a sexual way I'm like I honestly don't even care but it just yeah because I feel safe to like receive that and there's times where it's like I do want to feel like I can and like checking myself like no I'm not going out to and if some people want to do this that's fine but I'm not personally always doing it because I'm trying to grab attention of men it's just like right. I actually just like this outfit or I yeah. like yes. how I look Sometimes it's fucking, and it's physically yeah, hot. It's hot or like yeah. I need to and yeah. you want a gay men to be like this look is fierce right. it's fierce right. it's not like hi yeah. i'm like, yeah. like already hitting like you a compliment from a guy like it'd be so nice and refreshing to just have a guy be like wow you look really pretty tonight you know yeah. it's just like the it's yeah there's so much to think about without um, like being followed yeah down the street but, right um, well this transit uh transitions into talking about you kind of growing up in purity culture thinking that assuming that you were going to get married at what age honestly 25 25 was my age yeah that was that's, that's not crazy because my parents yeah. were 24 when they got married okay. so I was like, oh, i'll give it an extra i'll be yeah. i'll be generous <laughs> you'll be rebellious <laughs> yeah. you'll take a gap year and then you'll get married <laughs> go to europe <laughs> yeah 
Um, so yeah, 25. I'm now thir- 34. So uh-huh. uh, yeah, nine years. So you, yeah, you assumed, and it. Mm-hmm. I know we've talked a lot about how you kind of like, you had a very specific vision of like mm-hmm. what your life was going to be and that mm-hmm. you're like married. That's who you have sex with. That's who you buy a house. Like mm-hmm. kind of what it was like the vision you had, like mm-hmm. what was in your mind growing up? Like what, what was your vision of your future? Yeah, I definitely thought that I would be married by around 25, have two-ish kids by the time I was 30, like, because I want to be married for a while before I had kids. And then I was super excited to be a mom. Like, I did want to be a therapist and thought I would, like, work part-time. So it's not like I didn't want have any career goals necessarily, but that was what was modeled to me in our house. And I loved, like, I honestly loved it. I love that our, that my mom stayed home with us and we had this really great life. And I thought, I still do think being a mom is a very beautiful, noble thing. Um, but what I realized as I got older was that, cause truly I, in a job interview one time when they were like, where, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I was like a uh, wife and a mom. And I was like that, I know that's not what they wanted to hear, but <laughs> I just, that was my, I didn't have these like career yeah. and like, I looked right. back horrified, but I yeah. was also, that was an outside sales job that I could have, you know, cared less about. Right. Um, but it's been really helpful for me as I've gotten older to realize that so much of the pain that I think women or people face when it comes to being single or not reaching these goals is kind of this loss of this identity that we thought was going to bring us so much worth. And so for a lot of women, um, culturally, especially like from generations ago, we we're taught to learn that that the most important thing you could do is be married and have kids. And that's yeah. where your value comes from. And so having to redefine, like, no, my value is just inherent to who I am and like the purpose that I have in this life and what I, it is that the things I love to do and all of that. And the roles that we have are beautiful and like our, whether that's our job titles or being a wife or a sister or friend or whatever, but that's not who we are. So that like, then it just carries less weight because those things are going to shift. Or can you imagine if like all you cared about was being a mom and then like, for the women who their kids go off to college and they're like, I don't know who I am anymore because I, that's all I know how to be. And so, yeah, it's like learning to separate those things out for me and then get clear on just like what my purpose is and the things that I love to do. And then hope that when I'm on that path, I find someone who also can support me in that. And like that we're on maybe a similar path together. And then that I feel like is such a better way to meet someone anyways. And I just put less weight now on like getting married and having kids because it's just going to happen when it's going to happen. And it doesn't define me as a person. It doesn't make me more or less worthy than someone who might be married, which is, I think, subconsciously what I used to think. Like I would look at people's hands and if I saw a wedding ring, I'm like, oh, they're in the married, they're married, you know, like they, they, they've made it or they like, (laughs) that's really, (laughs) yeah. Like I just like categorize people as like, which now I very much know doesn't make them a happier person than me. Like obviously there's so many people. Yeah. And definitely (laughs) doesn't make them, if they're a parent, a better parent, because Mm -hmm. what I was listening to you say this, I was like, this just seems meant to be better because when you have kids you've lived and had this realization and that's something you're going to be able to impart on your kids Mm -hmm. which is so important to Mm -hmm. their upbringing as adults Mm -hmm. is to teach them about their worth Mm -hmm. you know did you how did you feel when you like turned 25 and that didn't happen did did you have like a crisis no I'm trying to remember what where I even like was in life at 25 I was living in Portland I might have been in a relationship I mean I think it like crossed my mind but it's more so than that every year after that like whether it's like a birthday or a new year's you're always kind of like well I thought this would be the year yeah so it was just this waiting like it it feels like this subconscious waiting for your life to sort of begin Mm -hmm. if you're not consciously shifting that which is what I started to do I'd say like a couple years ago where I just had these realizations where I'm like 
this is stupid. Like I am actually waiting for this relationship status, marriage certificate, whatever to unlock certain parts of my life, whether that's sexual, like, Oh, then I can be sexually free or then I can buy a house maybe someday, or I can have nice things. Like I just was all these things I realized I was kind of waiting or holding back on. And then now I'm just like, well, that's stupid. And just learning how to live my life more fully now instead of like, yeah, this, this fake timeline that I've somehow made up in my brain. Right. Do you, um, did you simultaneously like growing up stuff, did you feel a lot of pressure or like, did people like family or friends, whatever were people like, why aren't you married? Yeah. (laughs) How did you deal with that? Yeah. There's been a lot of deep conversations with mom and dad. Um, and again, it's like, I, I have compassion for them because I think that that so many times it's just people projecting their own feelings or Mm. insecurities or whatever it might be or their cultural upbringing or whatnot. And I understand, honestly, a lot of reasons why they've wanted, you know, wanted to make sure that to them, it's like they want to make sure I'm taken care of, like, which of course, like that's a beautiful thing, but just times where like the pressuring to go on certain apps or like ask or dating sites or like asking me how dating stuff is going and not really understanding at times where I, when I've been like, I actually am happy single right now, or I'm not looking to be in a relationship. Like I maybe, I don't know. And that's just, I think them wanting grandkids like that is just hard for them to not to have control over the, the situation, but then having to explain to them, it's not helpful to me to also have the, pre- like at times, especially when I did want to get married pretty badly, I was like, you think that it helps to know that you also really want right. me to get married badly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then just people kind of trying to reassure you, like I, at my brother's wedding, someone was like, Oh, it'll be your turn soon. Don't worry. And I was like, I, it's, I'm okay. Like <laughs> that's so <laughs> condescending. Always, yeah. I'm uh. like, actually I'm fine. And then I, I always knew my younger brother would get married before me anyways. His life is like way less complicated. And, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think, but I feel really lucky to be in a generation now where at least my friends are like, my friends are so accepting uh, and I have friends in all spectrums of like single friends, married friends, married friends with multiple kids, married friends who don't want kids. And I never feel like an outsider. Like people include me in stuff. Like I have, I know other groups of people where when people get married and have kids, it's like, they don't know how to relate to people in other circles from them. Their whole life is just like, nap times and potty things and it's like they don't they forget how to be a grown-up sometimes right. and like then they'll just ask really ignorant questions of friends and be like so are you dating anyone and we'll be like no and then they're like oh well you'll meet someone and then just like turn and walk away <laughs> and it's like did you want to ask me any other yeah. things about my life maybe right. anything yeah. that I'm doing <laughs> um and so I'm grateful that I feel like I don't have that much pressure anymore people are happy for me in the life that I live. Like I actually have friends who tell me that they're jealous that I get to go off and travel while they're married with kids when they didn't, you know, like they didn't get to do that when they were younger before they were married. So I know it's going to be great to be married someday, but I also know that my life is great now. So why would I want to wish to change that while I'm still in it? Yeah. And shifting to the, your decision to, um, stay a virgin Mm -hmm. do you ever feel judgment from men or females um even if they're not in your friend circle about that if they find that out about you or if you say that to them what's been your experience with that yeah i was gonna ask how do you approach that in dating yeah 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 i mean it's not in your bio right (laughs) (laughs) um again sometimes i feel funny about like saying that word just because i've gotten i don't know i've gotten very it's not like i'm this pure angel (laughs) but yeah I definitely think at times where I've said that I want to save certain experiences Mm -hmm. till and now I would say like at least a very safe committed relationship but to me 
it seems hard to separate that out from marriage. Like it feels the easiest for me to be most free and vulnerable and intimate with someone. If I know that they're going to be sticking around, like we can explore so much, um, in my mind. And so, yeah, I think that I've had experiences with guys where they'll either like back in the day, like years ago, like it was a more well-known, I feel like defining fact about me. And Mm -hmm. so people, guys would either see it as a challenge, like kind of like, or they wouldn't believe me. Do they like fetishize you a little bit? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. There was a, well, they just be like, yeah, right. That's not true. Or I don't believe you. You haven't met my dick yet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I had like a, yeah. Gary. (laughs) (laughs) Her dick Gary. (laughs) Anyone who talks, personifies their dick, you need to give it a bad name. Like Gary. Oh, I went on a couple dates with a Gary one time. Uh. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so there was like actually a really not great situation with a guy where he he would bring it up every time we hung out, like with a group of people. Like he oh. wasn't trying to like date oh, me, but like yeah. it was, no. and it was just I think he yeah I, I'm not even gonna go into that, but it was not a great situation where yeah. I think it was in his mind like this conquest idea of like he wanted to like yeah I mean guy I think they think of it as like that's exciting or I'm going to like crack or I'm going to be the one that like changes her mind or whatever. Yeah. And so it sounds like they're that, treating you like you're a lesbian. <laughs> like, like, oh, <laughs> I can do it. I also do <laughs> think it actually <laughs> deeply um, goes into like male secure insecurity mm, where it's sure. kind of mm-hmm. like, this is great because she has nothing to compare it yeah. to. Uh, so mm-hmm. I won't need to feel as much pressure. Yeah. It's like more about them than it is about, yeah. you yeah. know? And then it just, that to me, it feels so disrespectful because it's not willing to <laughs> yeah. listen yeah. to my like boundaries yes. yeah. and like the people who keep pushing things, like when I've said stuff and not that it's always on them, but there's been things that I've very clearly said, like, I don't want to do this until I'm married or until we're in a relationship or whatever. And like pushing me, pushing me until it happens sometimes. And looking back, I'm like, that sucks. Like that's not like, that's not fair. And, um, so yeah, I think I, it's a mix of things. Like it depends. There's some people who are very like respectful of that. I really, I haven't dated almost at all in the last three years. So I don't actually know like how that, I haven't had to have that conversation in a really long time, but back in the day, yeah, I think there's people who've said too, like I absolutely couldn't date someone that is not willing to have sex before marriage. And that's totally fair. Like that's it. I can see how it's a very important thing. And I know some people like want to know that there's that connection there, which I still think you can kind of see from mm-hmm. other things. And again, it's not like nothing's happening, but yeah, there's been people. It's what, not- um, um, shit, I forgot, uh, about dating. Oh yeah. Like what, at what time do you bring it up? Like what, like first date, like a few in kind of, you just like vibe it out. Did you tell people like ever before you've been met? I mean, it just kind of depends. I think it would sometimes come up in conversation or like if a, if a guy would say something like you should spend the night or whatever, I would just be like, Oh, by the way, like, I don't like, I'm not going to do this. Or I, I need you to know that I'm not willing to do this before I'm married or whatever. Um, but I think it's a, yeah, unfortunately there'd be times where it probably came up like way too late into a situation or (laughs) um yeah again like why alcohol sometimes is not it's led to some interesting situations can i ask um the when the guy brought it up in a group Mm -hmm. um were there other females present in the group like the friend situation the funny thing is it was my my girlfriend who is the one who told it to the group like she's like she's trying to be like 
she said in a way of, can you believe that someone like Sarah is still a virgin or hasn't has, or like she's, or maybe was trying to protect me and was like, leave her alone. She's a virgin or like something like that. Yeah. Cause it was a guy friend of hers. And so it was, I pretty sure it was her, the one that like brought it up. And so then, yeah. Cause I don't, I'm trying to think of how other people would respond in those situations. Like the guys just think it's funny or whatever, but yeah. Have also, you have, like Sarah's very pretty. And so yeah. I bet you get a lot of like, how but you're so pretty like or like why as if okay or, or someone that, like, more, more most, homely looking right. of course they're a virgin it's right. like what um, yeah so, i don't know what's wrong with people I've met so many ugly people who have had sex <laughs> it's crazy all our closest friends <laughs> <laughs> shout out um jonathan is there anything you're saving for marriage uh <laughs> um no there's really nothing i almost in a weird way, because I live with my boyfriend, I do feel a little like we are like practicing marriage a little bit mm-hmm. because we are living together and yeah. it is mm-hmm. very similar um, to a point where I'm just kind of like, I get it when I, I've heard a lot of gay guys actually say this, like, I don't see a reason to get married. Mm-hmm. I just moving in with someone is fine, which is crazy because we fought so hard to have yeah. the right. But it is kind of that thing of like, no, we deserve the right. Mm-hmm. I, but then I also deserve the choice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't totally. want it to have it just be off the table completely. Yeah. You know, do you ever meet um, like when you were dating uh, more men who were just kind of like, you know, the like anti-marriage type dude or, you know, Um, I, I guess I probably personally didn't know. I mean, maybe some like friends, but. I feel like it wouldn't have gotten to a point of someone wanting to get in a dating situation with me where it would have been clear up front that like that is something I'm wanting long term. And, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I can't think of too many like anti, maybe some guys that my friends have dated, (laughs) but that's very interesting though, that your friend, she brought it up and that was Mm -hmm. kind of going into another question I had. Do you get weird reactions from females, even though it doesn't really affect them, Mm. um, when they find that out? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I don't know. Not really. I mean, I think people are like encouraging or understanding about it or like understand why I would maybe make that decision. And again, it's, it feels like I know enough people who are so into honoring everyone's unique path as Mm -hmm. far as like, if that's what feels right for you, great, do it. If that, if you're listening to your body and that's what feels right to you, then good for you. So I haven't come across a lot of people who are like very judgmental or close-minded one way or another about that on the flip side of dating, have you dated dudes who are like, I feel like, mm-hmm. have you found any dude like meaning I feel like, especially like on maybe on Christian apps, mm-hmm. like that's more common. Like, I don't know. Well, I've never been on any Christian apps, but, um, no, I haven't really met any guys. Wow. That <laughs> have. <Interesting>. So <laughs> actually though, it's possible you have, but they would just never tell you. There was, Oh yeah. Because like, with guys, it's a very deep shame. That's not, mm-hmm. um, it's not as celebrated that, for that. Or, or, like, or it's because funny. guys are not our program. That purity for guys is like faggoty. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like a gay thing. Like yeah, if you're, if you're trying to be pure, which is very funny that they view it that way. Cause it's like gays definitely have way more sex than straight <laughs> men. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's kind of what I mm-hmm. like. Pu- like if a guy, I cannot imagine a guy being like, oh, I just kind of want to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Publicly saying that, which maybe there's something wrong with that where it's like, that's okay if mm-hmm. a guy wants to wait. Well, I think you know? it's pretty rare to find that. But I'd yeah. say in the church, like in the church, the guys that I know are somewhat on that, like they understand that or They're some, maybe some of it. them have. Like there was one guy I think I dated that I feel like he was at that time and then I yeah that he's not married but I don't think he is anymore more yeah. but um so but it's pretty rare to find 
yeah, a guy. So I've given up Dude. the thought that like that would ever be like, I'm going to find that on the other side too. But yeah. again, it's not like I'm, doesn't matter. It's not like this thing that you have to give to someone as a gift. Like I do think it's a gift in the sense that I've listened to my body and I've tried to do things that are, um, honoring to that, but it's not like my worth. <laughs> yeah. Right. And for the last, you said you have not been looking to date for the last three years. Not, well, maybe not the whole time, right. but more, it's a combination of just nothing has really come about. Like there haven't been, like I got out of a relationship probably three and a half years ago, been on and off the apps. I just don't really have great luck with them or experiences. I think part of it's just my mindset with it, but, um, yeah, there's only been maybe like a small, small handful of guys that I've gone on dates with. And then the last year or two or so, I've been a little more focused on other things. So that just hasn't been, it hasn't felt as enjoyable, the thought of dating to me. Like I, yeah. and that's the other thing too, of like having to separate myself out from the shoulds of culture or society or people being like, well, are you like you should just be open or go on dates or like give it a chance. Try, and then, trying, yeah. yeah. And so a lot of times I'm like, okay, I guess you're right. And then I'm like, go on dates. I'm like, no, I literally don't want to be here right, right now. Like I would rather be at home working on something yeah. <laughs> or like watching a movie or something. And so having to really listen to myself a lot of times and be like, what is it that I actually want? And then there's been times too, where as I've kind of opened up and expanded some of my beliefs around this stuff where I was like, I really want to make out with someone right now. And then releasing the, any like guilt around that too. Mm -hmm. And knowing that if that were to happen, that I, I could just enjoy it and be okay with it. And then, um, yeah. So anyways, that's interesting. The guilt thing, Jonathan, <laughs> did you ever have guilt around? Around make, Ooh, I mean, early on. Absolutely. Um, especially with like having sex so young and then with, with, um, like grown men, <laughs> I definitely had a guilt where I would be like, that was my one slip up and God, understands and I'm going to move Pat and then it would just like happen again so and the again guilt, the guilt came from like a religious side then yeah it's, okay yeah and the then I slowly part, not the sex part the, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah well I mean both but yeah, yeah definitely more the gay part I definitely I mean going back to that I definitely was like um oh okay if you're gonna be like uh, a slut then be like a straight slut mm. you know um <laughs> the best sluts <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean um as if there was like some hierarchy of sin in God's yeah. eyes or something mm, so I don't know yeah, um really. When did you let so. go? Because actually, I don't think we've really talked about this particular like part of your path before. When did you start to let go of that? Um, in high school, because I was um, I moved around to a bunch of different high schools. Um, so like growing up, whenever we have people who grew up in the church have spirituality, I absolutely identify with when everyone talks about feeling bound, everyone always mm. feels bound to something mm -hmm. when you grow up in the church or any, even if it's not Christianity, you do many religions make you do feel bound. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I also, I'm just curious about what has, what kept you, um, as still a spiritual person. Cause I feel like I've lost that completely. Mm -hmm. What, what keeps you still spiritual? Um, after, even though you've, you've morphed your thinking mm -hmm. about yourself and how it relates mm -hmm. to your spiritual purity. What, what keeps you, um, like, do you still, um, do you still believe in God? Do you, are you still, do you still identify as a Christian? Wow. Big, big question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I would say, I mean, there's kind of like a trendy word that's going around in the Christian community of deconstruction of mm -hmm. kind of like deconstructing your faith. And mm -hmm. I'd say there was like a couple years ago, 
I honestly want to say what started my like more spiritual journey. I always consider myself spiritual, um, but it was definitely very tied to Christianity and Jesus and, and all that. Um, but then I think it was reading the book. You are a badass. Um, (laughs) shout out to Jen Sincero, wonderful guru of self-help. Yeah. She's one of our, one of our Queens. Um, and it just talked a lot about like manifestation and like you can do anything you want in this life. And she references she talked about how she was not religious or spiritual, but then kind of realized that there is something bigger at play. And like to her, she did actually, I think she calls it God, but then she referred to his universe. And, um, and so then I just started getting into like way more like a broad spectrum of spirituality and exploring all different kinds of like spiritual teachers and books and podcasts and things on like law of attraction and channeling and meditate. I don't know, just all kinds of things. And so it's been a lot of I mean, I don't really totally know what I identify as. Sometimes if there, if I had to choose a label, I'd maybe say like a mystic Christian is there's kind of, that's like a word for it. So Ooh. it's a kind of, we um, love it. It's yeah. very witchy. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I'm all about witches too, <laughs> but it's kind of, I just think that there's more of incorporation of like Eastern practices into that. Like I think mm-hmm. I've found so much more beneficial growth and transformation from things like just learning how to like embody the spirit of what I think is God and mm-hmm. um, what I do think Jesus came to show us what that was like to be in full connection with um, with God, a greater source in ourselves, like this energy that runs through everything. And so, but I definitely have detached from maybe a lot of, I mean, I don't really, I don't um, identify with like evangelical Christianity anymore. Right. And I think that I'm not condemning all of it. I know there's yeah. good people. I just think that there have been a lot of damaging teachings and the things that people really latch onto and focus on. It's like you're losing the forest through the trees or whatever the phrase, you know, like, and just, so to me, it's just felt like this expansive, um, like it's much more, it allows for like a lot more to Mm -hmm. be possible. And there's a part of it too, that I just allowed myself to take this big step back and be like, what do I actually believe And believing that if that is in, in me, like I can find those answers. It's not like in myself, but it's something greater than me. That's like speaking through that. And so I kind of just, instead of just relying on like what other people are saying or pastors or teachers, it's kind of like checking in constantly with myself and what feels, um, I don't know, feels like most in alignment or most healing or most peaceful or most helpful. And so, yeah, it's been a really cool journey, but there's still a lot of questions. And sometimes I'm just like, who the hell even know, you know, like, but I'm just so fascinated by deep spiritual stuff. I could sit and talk to people all day long and be like, what do you think the meaning of life is? Why are we here? Like, do you believe in reincarnation? Do you, I just want to like talk about that stuff all day long. Um, so I'd say spirituality is still like a very big deal to me, but it's less important, like the Christian title or the Christian identification. And I actually, I still do go to church. Like I have a lot of good friends that are at my church. I I really like the stuff my, um, our pastor talks about, but I just, yeah, it just looks a lot different than my faith 10 years ago. (laughs) Do you have a lot of people at your church that have a similar viewpoint, um, as you do in terms of their personal spirituality? Do you find community at the church? Um, I wouldn't say at my church, a, a lot of people, I think there's a couple people that are, it have like an understanding of the similar things that I'm interested in, but I do have some other really good friends that are kind of on the same journey as far as just being like really open about stuff and are exploring things in their own spirituality and their own path. And so it's been helpful to like process that. And I think there is a really big movement, um, of people talking about this stuff. And so there's a lot of podcasts, like, I don't know if you guys know the liturgist podcast, but it's very like, um, yeah, it's like, it mixes science and faith, but it's just a very safe place for people to come and like ask questions and have all these open conversations around it. And so it's been, 
helpful to like watch other people walk through that journey too. And like kind of feel, even if it's community from with people that I don't know, but like books I've read or people like with the same. Thing. Yeah. Who have the same of, background. I've heard that there's this big schism in like evangelical, like mm-hmm. basically a lot of kids who grew up that way that like, I call you guys the cool Christians. Like what? How but so? Like, no, just because you guys are like the cool, like, kids who like grew up Christian and like have Christian values, but like don't hate gay people and are cool with like a lot of stuff. Oh, you weren't talking about evangelicals. No, I'm saying like in the, in the oh, I've okay. heard that there is this, like there's like a schism mm. happening gotta, gotta, where like there's this new generation, like you said, of people mm-hmm. who are like more philosophical questioning, opening their beliefs, like all that kind of stuff. So that gives me actually a lot of hope for like our nation and future <laughs> yeah. that like those kids, these people can like maintain their Christian values without, um, destroying lives. <laughs> what, what do you guys feel about this? Like ever since I feel like the late 2000s, early 2010s, I feel like our nation, especially with like, not even our nation, the world, but specifically our nation, like leaving Obama going into Trump. I feel like, do you feel like there's been this shift in thinking from everything from uh, gender to sexuality to spirituality we're like our generation, the millennial generation and the the Gen Z's after us, we're all like there is this opening of minds. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it is kind of not an age of enlightenment, but we are entering into an age of different thought. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Do you do you feel that or is that just me? Oh, what do you guys yeah, feel? Yeah, it's no, interesting we are. that um, to me, I would describe even like what's happening now is like um you know, like the right reaction stuff. It's like, we're in a really like frenetic time, even Mm -hmm. like, I feel like if it came down to like quantum physics or something where Mm -hmm. like beliefs are happening, acceleration evolution is happening so quickly Mm -hmm. that there's like, as now we have like, you know, there's like trans kids who are like, are can be in school by their pronouns. Mm -hmm. Then you have this like huge overreaction from the right. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, these things are just happening so quickly. It's like, the universe can't keep up and that's why we have we're living in a time of total polar extremes mm-hmm. where like yeah. we can be like we know like trans comedian queer poly mm-hmm. people and then there's like still snake handlers in the south doing whatever like there's just these like, like, it's like these forces mm-hmm. and i don't even yeah. want to call them like opposite like things but it is this like this unique interesting push pull of energies and like thought and i i personally can't believe sometimes how quickly um, cultural consciousness does evolve in mm-hmm. that like jokes we might have made 10 years ago five years ago mm-hmm. things that are now problematic we don't realize like I feel like especially like white privilege there's a larger cultural consciousness about mm-hmm. that that like I don't feel like I don't I haven't heard people talk about it as much as they have in the last few years mm-hmm. it's very that's and very that's true excel- accelerated publicly um, so it's pretty crazy to be like wow in just the time we've been doing stand-up whole su- subjects whole things whole words have completely changed the oc went blue oh my gosh yeah it's true that is that, legit a shift mm-hmm. in thought yeah yeah i absolutely i mean i have so many thoughts about this we, we i could talk all day but i agree so much with what you just said and i think um the what you mentioned about the, the obama to trump situation i honestly think that's kind of what kicked off a lot of people like younger generations waking up a little bit and leaving the yeah. church because they mm-hmm. realized if there are people who are defending Trump as this evangelical, like he is this picture of Christianity, something is seriously wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like this is yeah. not what Jesus came to. Die. Yeah. And so I think it's like this step back of kind of like, what actually does it look like to be a spiritual, like healthy whole person? Um, and yeah, like not identifying with these sides so much and being, I don't know, being guided. I don't mean this in like a big 
flowy flowery way, but like being guided by love and, mm-hmm. um, openness to things and kind of just, I don't know. It's like, there's so many moments where I think I'd been conditioned to believe a certain thing for a long time. And then you just, all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, why am I like, how could it possibly, how could God possibly be against gay people when they are literally born that way? They're loving other people, you know, like you see the fruits of what comes from that. And to me, it's like, that's not even a question. And then clearly we've gotten something wrong along the way. So I do think people, like you just said, it's, it's actually really cool and we're in the tension of it a lot. So there's still, it's, we're learning, but I think my theory is like why I do think it's a good sign that we're so polarized is Mm -hmm. just to use the left and the right. I'm not demonizing people on the right necessarily, but like, I think left people are also very guilty of being really cruel or hateful or like judgmental, Very dictatorial, but they think it's because yeah. they're being these moral like crusaders. They're mm-hmm. like, how could you possibly allow like, um, kids in cages and like yeah. anti-gay stuff. And so it's like, they're on the right path. It's like, yeah. we're on the right track of like, we care about the environment. We care about like recycling. We care about people like human rights and stuff like that. I just think that now we need to learn to balance. Like how do we have like peace and harmony with one another rather than still just fighting. But I think it's a good sign actually that we're like starting to get upset about those things and that we're calling it out. We're calling out like, um, the patriarchy and misogyny yes. yeah. and like all the me too stuff. Like it's a mess right now, but it's also like, thank God it's about time that like this stuff is coming up. And I, yeah. So, and this is why I love that we have you on because mm-hmm. we do live in a time where there's so much conversation about polyamory, polygamy, um, be open relationships, mm-hmm. a lot of sexual ideas that in the past have been viewed as promiscuous or taboo. But what is still very taboo is to be someone who is like, I am going to maintain my virginity or at least a certain level of it. And because it's about me mm-hmm. and I am not some, I'm not like this brainwash, like yeah, a Mennonite com- living in a bunker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am a grown <laughs> single woman who yeah. is making this choice. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. kind of radical. One could argue, it is true. Yeah, I guess. you I know, mean, I think that's true. Do it's you, like not having tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel yeah. like there's enough talk about, um, people who have made similar choices as you, or do you, do you think it's dominated more by the other end of the sexual spectrum? Yeah, that's interesting. I actually, I would like to see more people just talk about that or like that that's an option for women, you mm-hmm. know, that I think that there are, again, so many outside factors that play into why we act the way that we do and like the pressures we feel. And so it's, it's just my like dream for women and everyone would be that we learn to like sit with ourselves and like, what is it that we actually want? What actually feels mm-hmm. right and comfortable to, to me. And so I hope more people can like, hear that for themselves because it looks different for everyone. That's the other thing too. I think trying to project this like one path onto everyone or one doctrine or morality or whatever is not necessary. Like that's not going to work. Like everyone has different things that feel right or comfortable to them. And so, yeah, I just would love, I mean, if that's the right path for some girls, I would like them to just know it's okay to like say no to things that don't feel good or that don't feel right. And it's okay to wait for certain things or to feel safe, um, in a situation or environment, but then also to like, you're safe to also embody your sexuality and be fully like a sexual being. And it doesn't necessarily have to look like expressing that with another person too. Like that just because you don't have to shut yourself down. Like, um, like I've gotten really, and this is gonna be really personal, but (laughs) I've gotten really into taking racy photos of myself, like by myself. I do not send these to anybody. Like they are on a hidden album on my phone, but like, just because 
back to the like I want to enjoy this and sometimes there's not someone to enjoy it with me yeah. and that's okay but I also don't have to just be like well I guess I'll just go to sleep now tonight because <laughs> I don't have anyone to be married to or make out with it's yeah. like no I, yeah. I can still incorporate that into like my life and who I am and so I was just gonna ask what are ways that you do express that um, I mean I identify with that I have so know. many pictures and I should probably put them in a hidden album but they're like I didn't even know that existed until recently and I was like thank god <laughs> but I've taken pictures of me just like in jock straps mm -hmm. and I wasn't even gonna go out that night yeah, I was you're just, just like, like feeling yourself. Yeah, I'm just like yeah. no, because I, I I used to have like a Netflix for jockstraps subscription, where it's like this <gasps> Australian company oh would like, gosh, like send you yeah <laughs> weekly jockstraps. So if sometimes what's it called doing I've, the Australian no, uh, daily jocks, I think oh, it's okay. called yeah daily jocks, <laughs> and you don't get them daily. I guess mm -hmm. there, you could, but I got them weekly, yeah. and there's some of them you couldn't choose. That was like how I got it like a low price. Uh -huh. So some of them I'm like these are hideous I'm not wearing them they're uh -huh. like lime green and black I hate that but then other ones would be so cute and uh -huh. I was like I'm trying these on and taking a picture yeah like I have to yeah. and then I would just like just kind of walk around with uh -huh. them you know even though you know just because you feel right. sexy mm -hmm. that's what I do in yeah. power suits <laughs> <laughs> Just, like, just doing power poses power around the house <laughs> with a cigar just yeah. like <laughs> Hold, <tracksuits>. yes. <laughs> see whatever it's yeah, whatever, whatever works for you uh -huh. no, i really like that though and i know we've talked about too like just like the sensuality of like oils and mm -hmm. like scent like mm -hmm. it's like sensuality too which i think is actually so is like even better than sexuality mm -hmm. in a sense like i mean they're blended sometimes but like mm -hmm. I actually could enjoy that so much more than just like, yeah, wham bam. I know? can't. I, especially as I've gotten older, um, and because I've had a lot of sex, um, sensuality became um, very, very important mm. because it becomes less exciting. Mm. Um, and you need there's something when you're just like fucking. You mean yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. and you need some type of sensuality, kind of to bring you to that place it, I feel like it's almost like the boat that mm -hmm. takes you to yeah. where more intimate too yeah absolutely so I mean you remember there was a point where um I mean we talk about me being a slut but legit of not really hooked up in crazy in crazy ways um for like three years yeah, you haven't mm -hmm. had to take any knives to hookups no 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 <laughs> which I did yeah I used to have to do yeah which is wow. also to show you how lizard brain male sexuality is you will put yourself in front of a moving train to get what you want mm -hmm. I mean males are I do think this is part of um the male curse is like you are a danger to yourself and everyone around you <laughs> when you're horny you know I it, can see that. It's uh -huh. true. Uh, there's actually a, a very uh, a guest we're going to have on tomorrow, a comedian, Greg Edwards, always says, like, that is something that just is inside males and needs to be, you just need mm -hmm. to manage it, mm -hmm. you know, because it's not anyone else's responsibility to, like, accommodate that, yeah. you know? Well, I think, yeah, because sex then can become so transactional. It's just like, oh, let's do this and this. But yes. sensuality to me is just presence. It's just like, mm -hmm. which then to me, I'm like, how much more enjoyment do you get from like being fully in your body and fully experiencing it and feeling the pleasure and like, and yeah, some of the other stuff I do like is like, I give myself like 
back massage or I give myself like I just like rub my body like Mm -hmm. I feel so good to just like rub my legs or rub rub my arms and that sounds sometimes I'm like should this feel pathetic but I'm like no I know how to like comfort myself and Mm -hmm. how to soothe myself and then yeah essential oil I basically my routine is just to like slather myself in oils every night like before (laughs) before bed and um like like an Egyptian like queen yeah something like preserving my body yeah (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah it just looks like so many more things than I think uh, just expanding the definition of sensuality and sexuality to remind people it's like no you can still be a sensual being if you're not having sex actively with other people yeah. um or yourself or whatever you know there's just all kinds of things like the when you look around you're like every on my walk every day like smelling roses to me is my favorite thing like it just is wild that there's flowers that smell so good just in nature for us yeah. to enjoy that's wild to me so yeah and then Pasta is also my <laughs> love language. Food, <laughs> there are definitely, yeah. absolutely, everyone has their own sensual foods yes. yeah. that, you're just, that like, just get oh. it going for mm-hmm. some reason. For me, it's spicy things. Okay. Anything spicy, for some reason afterwards, I always feel very like alive in that way. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But yeah. stereotypical, but. But what's, no, your, yeah. what's yours? Ice. I, no, <laughs> that's so <laughs> <awful>. <laughs> Honestly, though, that's not crazy. There are people uh-huh. who do like ice, especially if you use it in foreplay, like ice around the body. Yeah, like actually, that would make me, I'm always cold. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like, um, I've been trying to be more, um, yeah, presence is a hard thing for me. And well, uh, it's also why I like, actually, to be honest, when I feel the sexiest, when I'm dancing. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. That's, yeah. Actually, that's such a sensual thing. It's very Absolutely. interesting because it's the only time mm-hmm. I'm in my body. Mm-hmm. It's, um... It is a place to also because again, thank God it's like straight women and gay men in the <laughs> slut hip hop classes. So I can be like, drop it, twerk well, it, it's a whatever creative without expression. being like, and I love, I, I have so much fun doing it, but without mm. being like, I'm trying to like make tips right now. Right. You know? Um, and also dancing. No, the real thing is dancing with my hair down. Oh, mm. like dance, your like around? your hair is down. Yeah. Like when I take mm. like a modern contemporary class and my hair, I don't wear a scrunchie mm-hmm. or like a hair tie. It's just flipping around. I love that. Like, literally, it really does make me feel so good. Mm-hmm. And that's the little thing about me. <laughs> it's very Mila Kunis in Black Swan when she was like, did you guys, do you, did you oh, both yeah, see yeah, Black I Swan? Yeah, as if a ballerina would ever have her hair down. Yeah. yeah. So there was a part where like. I know so, the concept of the movie. Yeah. But, right. Mm-hmm. Natalie Portman, it plays the ballet, the lead ballet dancer who is so like, she's repressed. She mm-hmm. always holds like, herself like, tight and bound up. so yeah. tight mm-hmm. and bound. And she's repressed by like her own ballet technique. Meaning mm-hmm. when she dances, she's repressed. It's mm-hmm. all about getting the steps right and her instructor brings her over and like points across the room to Mila Kunis's mm-hmm. character who has pretty good technique mm-hmm. but is not so concerned with the steps mm-hmm. and she has her in this like iconic scene she has her like long hair down and mm-hmm. is doing these like uh like fuetes like with her hair just flipping around he's like it's not as controlled it's mm-hmm. sensual because she's enjoying herself she gets some of the technique wrong but it's okay mm-hmm. because we just can't help but pay attention to her mm-hmm. um and that just reminds me a lot mm-hmm. about like dancing sexuality <laughs> yeah the only Darkness. wrong part is every ballerina on like if you see it on a YouTube is like it would never happen. Yeah. You would never be allowed to take your hair down yeah. in like at the uh, American Ballet Theater. They yeah, were like, absolutely yeah, not. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. But I do. Yeah, I really do love that. And I like I try to be more or even like moving into like my new space. Like I've been really trying to make it everything I've ever wanted without like mm-hmm. being like, don't do that. Like I was like, I want a white fur rug and I'm going to fucking get one. And yes. I have two. Um, love that. Yeah. And also remember, I, I have this book. It's called. Um, it's something like Everyday Simple Abundance. It's one of these like self-help mm-hmm. middle-aged lady books. And it's every single day, it's like something to do. But it's really ridiculous. It'll literally be like, 
wear a kimono and make a <laughs> make a delicious toasted apple and it'll be like oh a recipe for like a baked apple and then it'll be like this summer switch your handbag out for a basket oh <laughs> so that's so witchy of you i just picture you in like a little cauldron putting an apple inside yeah. boiling cider yeah. um and those books make me laugh so much but they are very fun and it is yeah. just like hey go pick mm-hmm. a flower or mm-hmm. go whatever it is all about living sensual lives which also sounds like um did, did you ever see the movie the witch the horror film no it's about like satan coming for witches and his <laughs> whole tagline is live deliciously oh my gosh and remember it's all about um he talks about sensual like they i feel like they talk about sensuality or something in it okay the that bad. film is you should see that film it's not like a it's not like a gory horror, horror film. film it's it it to me that whole film was an allegory for like women in a hard place mm. meaning like a rock in a hard place mm. because it wasn't like this girl was like i want to be a witch today mm. it, she was literally satan Fighting who it, is yeah. who is presented as male in in it yeah. which you never really see but it is a male energy you feel mm-hmm. in the film she basically he like creates he, he takes out all her options in life until mm-hmm. she has no other choice yeah, but him and it's like, mm. I mean, that's just an allegory for patriarchy, right? Yeah. There. I mean, it really is. Oh, well, wait, doesn't he give her an apple? Oh, well, no, no, no. Oh, no like she gives, um, yeah. the, she, she, he like stuffed an apple down her brother's oh, yeah. throat oh, and he pukes it up whole. It's horrifying. It's horrifying. Oh, okay. I'll love yeah. that part. Well, right. that's what like, even like identifying with witchcraft, I know we yeah. joke about it, but I was hearing someone talk who she identifies as a witch, not like Wiccan, but I yeah. don't know. I forget kind of, she actually identifies as a sex witch. That's like one of her titles. Um, nice. but that's Jonathan too. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great title. That's your brand. That sex, be your witch. Bio. sex witch. Yeah. Why don't I say that in meetings when we have yeah, intervals? Yeah. I'm Jonathan. Sex, sex witch. witch. That's what she, yeah. Um, I'll share her after this. But um, just talking about how when witches were like hung back in the day, a lot of times it wasn't because they were practicing like dark black magic. It was women who like believed in nature to heal things. They're like midwives. It yeah. was these things. And it was a way for men to control women. And like when they started getting like on the, the fringe or like even like a, um, just like going away from religion of any kind, yeah, like being it was, self-sufficient too. Yeah, it was like and it, the was, med, it was oftentimes like the pagan woman in the forest who like mm-hmm. runs her own life, or women yeah. that like conjured together. Right. It was like, oh, what are they plotting over there? Like they yeah. must be witches, and then people would like literally hang them or burn them. And so, yeah, the, that is an interesting. I would like to watch the movie because it's I really, great. I resonate with the concept of you know people shutting down um, things that aren't like more traditional because it doesn't fit into their box or yeah. like the way like certain things of what this country is founded on or whatever. So, um, yes. So we should all live deliciously. Live deliciously. (laughs) It is crazy. It's literally the devil's tagline. That That makes me kind of not want to watch it, but I, I, I'll trust you. But also it's so catchy. I really love it. But also here's the thing. I mean, in that, it's such an interesting film because it's kind of like, is, is the devil wrong in that? Because she ends up being, free you know what i mean mm-hmm. like awful things happen but she ends up gaining some type of freedom but there was a price to pay for it yeah. but is like is who was the real villain in that was it the society that she came from the puritanical society or was it the devil was yeah. he setting her free oh. was he giving her a choice that he knew she always wanted mm-hmm. what what it 
that is why the film is so good because there really is not a lot of like blood or gore in the film. There's like I think maybe three parts that are like horrifying in terms of gore. Mm-hmm. Most everything else is horrifying because of the situation. It's very mm-hmm. psychological. Psychological yeah. dark yeah. forest yeah. mist cabin on the edge of the. That's oh, what's gosh. horrifying okay. about it. You know. Well, I did I, sign a contract with the devil to move into this apartment. <laughs> so I mean, I. So it's working I, out for you. No complaints here. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I did read accounts. I remember in sixth grade, where like there were women who were quote seen picking herbs at dusk mm-hmm. and it's like wait that's so, why they're a witch yeah, yeah. i'm like they, they probably had a lot to do yeah. that day yeah. and it was like well this is the only time i can go pick herbs i need a thing of basil for my right garden is a witch we've always right. said, yeah or like showing ankles like didn't yeah. have yeah. proper stocking i'm like so she was poor and so she's a witch or like, like yeah. hot yeah. yeah yeah or hot we all would have been burned for being too hot but that's so true <laughs> but i was thinking if it's cold up there and she doesn't have stockings i'm like chances are she didn't have them made yet like mm-hmm. she had to make them and so she, she couldn't go buy them mm-hmm. yeah i don't know just yeah. certain things are are absolutely can you imagine if we could burn men for being warlocks that would be so hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not and the like, actual. And what would the rules be of why we would burn them? Because I would be like, you wore that cologne again. <laughs> right. We hate it. <laughs> I was poisoned by your yeah. cologne. Yeah. Um, Quick poll, guys. Your car offended me. Yeah. Guys who wear cologne, is that bad, good? Does it depend no, it on the depends. cologne? Oh, I actually really love good smelling guys, yeah. but okay. it's just if it's too strong or something. Or you like clearly know that it's like Axe or something. Sure. And actually, some Axe smells really good. Yeah. It's just how much. Got it, got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. But, I'm um, a sucker for good smells. Yeah. Well, I think we did it. Is there did any? We do it? Yeah. Any yeah. other cover it? Thoughts, I feel like Katie, feelings? I had more questions for you, but that's okay. That's okay. We, we can go off mic. But um, <laughs> yeah. Sarah, where can <laughs> we? Where can we find you on social? Um, I am Glitter and Grace on Instagram. That is also my blog. Um, I do have a podcast, Follow but it's her. a little bit on a hiatus. But you can find that over on Glitter and Grace too. So yeah. it's called Hi Friend. Hi Wonderful. Friend. Yeah. This so was so much for you guys. Well, yeah, so great. So much. We could talk so about fun. sex and witches and, and spirituality. spirituality all day it's long. literally right now, listeners. It is a gloomy, overcast day. So to yes. be talking about sensuality and There's spirituality, it's just so. Yeah, it, yeah, it's like a lit. witch's coven meeting about really how is. we're going to do a spell to overturn like the yeah. <laughs> patriarchy. patriarchy. Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is the peak for me. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you so much. Thanks Bye. for having me. Bye. Living glam, living ra-